Morgan Dixon is only 19 years old, but he's already launched two successful startups and has a couple other projects in the works. Coming up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal Credit Union helps you take control of your finances after the holidays. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. All right, Morgan Dixon, welcome to the show. You are a 19-year-old entrepreneur from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Uh, you're currently working at the Innovative Collective as one of your jobs, but uh, I really wanted to get you on the show. The fact that you're, you're 19 years old, already a successful entrepreneur, and you're heavily infused in the entrepreneurial scene, albeit a small town up there in Idaho, but a very progressive town when it comes to entrepreneurship. also wanted to hear some things about the Innovation Collective. So, what I'd like to do, go back, and when you were younger, I think you were like 14, 15 when you started your first business. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, so around, yeah, sometime around the freshman year of high school where I started getting into the entrepreneurial business life, um, I came up with an idea for an app to turn anything into an audiobook. Uh, it came from the inspiration of my brother working as a viticulture uh, and enologist specialist at a company in Wazoo, Washington, uh, like WSU, for those who don't know. Um, and he was struggling with working 60 hours a week plus having organic, organic chemistry and some other classes. So how do we turn his books into something that he could do and study while he was working? So uh, came up with the idea, presented it at a group of entrepreneurs, in our town called Coffee and Concepts. This is a, this was at the very beginning of Innovation Collective too. So I met a ophthalmologist there who's like, that's a great idea, but you should target the blind and maybe the dyslexic and autistic instead. Hmm. So after talking to him, working with him for about six months, we started changing our target to that specific group of individuals. And from there, uh, 16 raised all the funds that I needed to make it happen. I didn't code it myself, but I found the people I needed to make it happen. And from there, it just kind of took off and we sold it to a bunch of uh, school districts in the inland Northwest and seven countries and uh, all across the nation. So that's kind of how I got into it all. Wow. That's awesome. And so it actually, it turned books into like a, a, a version or a type of audiobook, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the funny thing is that just a few, I think it's just a few days ago, the new Apple update for your iPhone can scan stuff. So I was about four years ahead of them turning uh, text to speech into things. Uh, yeah. So very interesting. Wow. Cause there's a, now there's a lot of software out there and stuff that does that. And I mean, you know, you've got a good idea when Apple finally takes it, takes over. Yeah, seriously. That's the, when, when the big game is uh, trying to take over the small companies, you know, it's a good thing to have. Yeah. So how did, how did that company end up? Um, did you sell it or were you, did you still operate it uh, for quite a while? Yeah, I still operate it right now to this day. Mm -hmm. uh, we still work with the uh, school districts like Coeur d'Alene School District where I'm from. Mm -hmm. They were the first ones to implement it and continue to use it. And funny enough, um, I actually ran into a student while I was doing a speaking event at North Idaho College about uh, how to start your own business. And he was telling me that he actually used Outloud, which was that name of my app, 
and for his like entire education career. And it just kind of blew my mind that somebody who started in, uh, let's see who's in middle school and then through high school was using a product that I created. So it's pretty awesome to see, uh, how that all went. Yeah, that, that is awesome. I, I still remember like years after I started the podcast, the first person I ran into in this, it was in a random event and this guy's like, are, are you the guy that has that veteran on the move podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, holy cow. Yeah. Yep. It happens. Um, long way to go to be famous though. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So Don't we all, yeah. So, so that's back. I mean, that started back when you're about 15. So what, what have you been doing since then? So I actually started a nonprofit as well. And I'm working on a few other projects. My nonprofit is a company that we collect used mobile devices, then redistribute them to low income families in our area. So this actually started from out loud while I was selling it to a local school district. They didn't have the funds they needed to supply the um, special education department with devices. And so I started working with them. How can we cl collect these devices to give to those students? So um, started with initially just a de device drive. And then we we're like, you know what, we should just add some more incentives to this. So let's create a 501c3. So there's the tax incentive of donating device as well as the emotional uh, incentive of you're going to help somebody get educated. So uh, that's another thing that I'm operating right now. Wow. So mo most kids are out there mowing yards and doing other odds and ends to, to, to make extra money and everything. And you, you've started your own company and are, and then go out and start your second one based off you know, a pivot from the first one. Yep. Yep. And uh, I actually did all those lawn jobs and in and out and whatever else, not my dad's a landscape architect. So he'd be like, Hey, I need you to mow this person's yard or we're building a new uh, school and you need to go move these kind of rocks and do that. And I just hated it so much that I was just like, what can I do to get out of this? And so <laughs> started working on my own businesses. Yeah. So, um, you're out of high school now. Um, you stayed in the entrepreneurial game. What What are some of the things you're involved in these days? So I run a customer service team for a company out of Utah that's making a uh, progressive, well, I guess conservative phone that will stop tracking. And I also do work at the Innovation Collective. I'm a full-time student and I'm working on two other startups of my own right now. Uh, one is a manipulation detection software that will determine what you're reading to, reading or listening to on the internet is trying to manipulate you to believe something or if it's just information being presented to you. So that's my big project I'm working on right now. Wow. That's, yeah, that's very, uh, applicable to, to things that are going on today. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's apparently it's a good idea because I have three professors who are helping me with it as well. A uh, philosophy professor who will be helping with the logic standpoint of it, a journalism professor and the professor of machine learning at Gonzaga. So uh, lots of people who want to make this happen because they all feel like the media and other companies are making you believe something that um, you should just be able to decide on your own. Now, isn't that really what the press has done since the beginning is make us try to believe certain things? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So we're going to be breaking down all the grammatical uh, uses of specific words of framing and adjectives, weasel words, fallacies, biases to understand why are these people trying to make you believe something? And what are the specific types of English uses uh, that people use to manipulate you to believe something or else. Wow. That's going really deep. I, I, I can't even imagine. 
I mean, for the most part, anything that gets printed is probably supposed to trying to get you to believe something. So is it just going to like, how do you keep it from flagging everything? Yeah. So there are some interesting um, things that you have to be aware of when you're looking at journalism, because sometimes things will be printed with no bias in the actual journalism, but they'll use tons and tons of quotes from people that are super subjective and to make you believe a certain thing. Um, on our render that I used to like present this to some people, we had one about abortion, which is obviously a big topic. And there was big, it was about the Texas abortion law. And there was uh, some big words like in uh, defiant constitution, uh, in defiance of the constitution, like, is that actually true or is it a, just a frame that you're putting on it? And by putting it in the quotes, they're not putting it on the media company themselves, but somebody else. So it's like switching the, um, switching the pe- person who's speaking. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be aware of like, who's, who's the speaker in this situation, who's giving the information versus who's trying to persuade you to do something. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's actually a pretty tricky thing to understand is is the media itself manipulating you or the people speaking in that article the ones manipulating you? But they're still trying to do the same thing. Of uh, I, Most likely, if it's like MSNBC, they're trying to make you believe something more progressive. If it's uh, Fox, it's probably something more conservative. And they're going to use people or they're going to use themselves. So it's just having to identify those speakers in this situation, which is uh, very interesting. Yeah, I thought the media got out of uh, just reporting the news a long time ago. Like everything has an agenda behind it. So it's, yep. it's pretty interesting. Yep. Um, Sometime around 2002, I think uh, <laughs> there was some laws that were removed to make specific um, requirements for news companies. Um, those were removed of like, you have to cover this side and this side, not just your one side. But it was uh, the argument was it's against freedom of speech, which makes sense. And so they, the, around 2002 is probably when everything started going downhill a little bit, I would assume. Really? Yeah. I was unaware of that, that law or rule, but yeah, it didn't used to be that way, but interesting. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Every year the holidays come around. I think back to 2007 when I was in Iraq for the holiday season, I'd like to give a big shout out to those of you serving away from your families this year. Know that we're all thinking of you. Now that the holidays are over and we get back to work, as the bills start arriving from all of our holiday shopping, remember that Navy Federal can help you get back on track. You can get a low intro APR on their Platinum credit card. It's their lowest rate card and it's a great tool to pay down debt. Navy Federal even has multiple savings and investment options to help you get closer to your financial goals. With Navy Federal, you can automate your savings and investing to put your money to work for you, even as you sleep. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Measures and data rates may apply. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment options are available through Navy Federal Investment Services and are not insured by NCUA. All right, back talking with Morgan Dixon, who's a 19-year-old entrepreneur from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I know I messed that up, but we're going to go with it. Um, It's good enough. Doing lots of things, man. Full-time student, uh, successful entrepreneur multiple times. Got a few startups you're working on also at the Innovation Collective. So the Innovation the Innovation Collective has uh, several locations around the country. Tell us what what they do there and, and, and what your role is. So what we do at Innovation Collective is build community and then build entrepreneurs and businesses from that. So a county or a city might hire us to come in and start developing their 
uh, local area. So a good example is Coeur d'Alene. And it started with just kind of like a woodsy area. Um, we're very traditional businesses, I would say. And in the last seven to 10 years, we've gone super techie uh, because of what I think is mostly innovation collectives role in our community. So a uh, good example of this would be uh, one of the events that I went to to start mine, which was Coffee and Concepts. We hold these every first and third Wednesday of the month. We get a bunch of super smart people in one room and you go there, present your business idea. We talk about uh, local news and then tech news. Coeur Lane specifically is built around a vertical of AI and robotics. So we talk a lot about how does GTP3 uh, used, how is that AI used in the real world or how is... Uh, Boston Dynamics going to change the way that we have cars because Hyundai bought them. So what is that going to uh, look like in the long term? And so we talked about those things, understand the market, and then try to make pe- have people create businesses uh, related to that vertical. And I think it's worked great because we have tons of developers here, tons of people hiring developers here, and we're starting jobs and businesses all over the place and making Coeur d'Alene thrive is not just a traditional business place, but as a place that people from, uh, unfortunately, as a native Idaho and uh, Californians are moving here, Seattle people are moving here, Nevada people are moving here because they can, number one, find jobs here, and number two, they could do virtual jobs here and be around people that are like them who are all in that tech space. So uh, that's kind of what we do in essence, just help people uh, flourish. And the Innovation Collective, it's actually a location. You guys got a cool building, or at least you do on your website. You guys have like meeting rooms and, and spaces yeah. there? Yep. Um, and a lot of your meetings and everything are are hosted or done at, at the facility, right? Yes. Yep. Most of them are held there because we have a cool space where there's 64 companies, 57 offices, and it's a super busy coffee shop is in there as well. So we get people from all over the place just doing all sorts of different things. And it's right in downtown Coeur d'Alene where all the uh, fun stuff is. So it works very well. Mm-hmm. And Coeur d'Alene is not a big city. It was a small city, but in the last year, it became a pretty big city. Uh, we were actually the hottest real estate market. And I think we still are. Uh, in the last year, we've probably grown about 50% and housing prices have increased, I think, around close to 110% in the last year. So it's, it's wow. insane. And so I can't, even though I've been super successful as a teenager, I still can't buy a house here because the minimum house you need, the minimum purchase price is around $500,000 for just a shack. It's terrible. (laughs) And we have so many people moving in here because of the politics of Idaho, because of uh, what Coeur d'Alene offers. It's this beautiful town, lots of mountains, lots of skiing, lots of uh, wake surfing. There's tons of stuff to do here. And so it's been going crazy since COVID. Uh, so we started, I think around, I'd say 20, 2019 was probably around 50,000 people. And now we're probably around 75 to, uh, 90,000 somewhere around there. So mm-hmm. it's, it's grown a lot in the last one year alone. So talk about some of the cool things that have come out of innovation collective. Yeah, so there's there's a really cool company that's working with Apple right now uh, in our area, and it's called Rohini, and they print light, uh, which makes no sense, but you'd have to see their machine. They print screens for Apple, all the new screens on all the M1 
products and the new iPhones. Those were all made by Rohini, which is a local company to Coeur d'Alene. And they do a bunch of really cool things. So that's one of them. We also have an autonomous uh, boat company here because we have a lot of wake surfing, a lot of uh, activities with our lakes. So there's an autonomous boat company. There's uh, an autonomous submarine drone company that's in our building. There is, oh man, there's a lot of really cool things. Let's see. Oh, uh, an AI cybersecurity development um, company that has created a AI that can detect any malware, any malware as yet to fail in 0.2 seconds. It, not, the stuff that it doesn't even know. It is their groundbreaking, super awesome group of people that are making an insane AI and it's really lightweight too. It's like 30 megabytes and that's all it takes to detect any malware because it breaks it down to a binary level and says, this looks pretty close to what we've seen before. So it's probably a something bad. So there, that's another one that came out of Innovation Collective. So there's lots of really cool ones, but those are the ones that stand out to me. Yeah, no kidding. So um, I guess the, the local landscape, a, a town of 40, 50,000 can, can change really quick when you have that type of influence and success going on. Yep. Yeah. I'd say there was about six, seven years to do like the big change from traditional businesses to techie businesses that are running our town and have the most value. So pretty, pretty, pretty fast in this scheme of things. Yeah. So, um, talk about some of the, some of the things that innovation collective does, like the, the meetings that you have or, how you you bring people into the building, or how you're supporting, um, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, the incubator type stuff that's going on. Yeah, so we have, I'd say, four main events. Most important one that I think that I believe in is coffee and concepts, and that's what I've talked about a few times before already. Is the place that you go to present your idea, get support, build your network, and start working on amazing things. Then we have a fireside chat, which is kind of the inspiration uh, aspect of Innovation Collective. So we bring in some really cool speaker from around our area and they present how they got to where they are today. So a good example is next month in December, we have somebody who's on the product council of Google X. So he's the one that's deciding where to put uh, resources to make their super crazy high-tech products a real thing. And then we have the summits, which are quarterly, and we fly people in, experts from all across the country to talk about a specific thing and how they became successful. This is a ICLC exclusive event, which is our full group is the ICLC or paying member to get into these. Mm-hmm. And last time, um, just a few weeks ago, actually, was our last summit, and we had somebody who's working on DAOs, decentralized or autonomous organizations, and NFTs, cryptocurrencies. So he told a lot of our area about what he's working on and how it's the future of business ownership. And then we have the Think Big Fest, which is kind of our really big yearly event that uh, we have experiences days where we bring in like Teslas or uh, electric Mustangs, a whole bunch of really cool things, robots. Mm-hmm. drone racing and uh, have people just hang out, see what all the cool things, all the cool things that are going on in your area. And then we have some panels of really cool speakers, kind of like the summit, but just at a bigger level and across a few days. So those are kind of the four events that we do. And then we have uh, some classes uh, that are good ways to have entrepreneurs go, entrepreneurs go from here's my idea, or maybe I don't even have an idea, but I want to be in that scene. How do I get to creating the whole thing? And, so we have classes as well to make that happen. Yeah. Wow. And, and the reason I wanted to, 
to point all that out is um, there, there's a lot of great things like innovation collective going on all around the country and really going on around the world too. But, um, and, you know, in talking directly to those veterans or those folks who are still in the military, you might feel like you're an island on an Island with your entrepreneurial idea or, or, or your entrepreneur bug that you have. Um, but there are places like this all over the, all over. And if, if there's not an innovation collective nearby, there's probably something similar or something going on but you just got to go find it. Um, and, and sometimes they're not easy to find. Like if you, you don't, you don't know where to look or if, if it doesn't come up on a Google search, you may not be aware of it. So um, having said that, um, do you have any veteran uh, pro, uh, projects? Or have you worked with any of the veterans that have come into the innovation collective um, and anything you can expand on with directly with that? Yeah, a good example of this would uh, actually be the reason why we met in the first place with Thomas Tedder. Uh-huh. He is a veteran and he started the world's biggest holster company. Yeah. And they're doing what uh, I think almost $150,000 a day in profits. Like that's insane. And uh, they, yeah, like the, it's a huge company. And that's one that's just in our town, just uh, what, 12 miles west of me. Yeah. And so, you're, you're, you can do anything. He literally started out in his garage making leather holsters and he's like, okay, how can we scale this? And then they bought a, um, a press machine for polymer, uh, uh, uh holsters. Mm-hmm. And from there he's created a huge company that's got over 300 employees doing $150,000 a day and is the leading a company in the holster manufacturing area. It's awesome. Wow. And so anybody can do anything. You just got to start taking action on it and good example, just trying to get that momentum going, I think is the hardest thing to get past is mm-hmm. like, I have a cool idea, but is it, somebody's going to take it from me? And like that's, I, that was one of my biggest worries. How do yeah. you get past that worry? And I think, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, you shouldn't have to worry about people taking your idea because just like you, they might not act on it, which is kind of bad, but also kind of honest. It's like if you, if somebody has a really good idea, but who's actually going to follow through with it. And that's mm-hmm. the trick is getting that group together, the support group, the accountability to actually keep making something amazing. And from there, that's where that you just keep going and going and going. And that's what yeah. you see. And that's how people keep creating these awesome businesses. Cause they got past that uh, barrier of, I don't feel supported and somebody's going to take my idea. Yeah. I think, Guy Kiyosaki, Guy Kiyosaki uh, worked for a big guy that used to work for Apple. He was, he said ideas, there's a thousand ideas out there all the time. Ideas are a dime a dozen. It's the people that it's taking action on them that really makes the difference. And that's why you got to get over this concept of someone stealing your idea. Ideas usually aren't stolen until, until they're starting to reach critical mass. <laughs> no, yeah. one's, no one's just going to take an idea and run with it. Uh, just because they heard about it from you. But when they see success starting to happen and it's starting to gain traction, that's usually when people step in and, and try to steal your thunder. But uh, in the beginning stages, it's just not, if you keep your idea all yourself, you're never going to get anywhere with it. You're going to have to let it out of the bag at some point. And you know, there are ways of protecting it to a certain extent. Yep. Exactly. Those groups of people like the coffee and concepts that we have, those are just really good motivational things to just keep, keep going on your idea. No matter how crazy it is, it's, you should present it nonetheless. I had somebody at our last coffee concepts that presented a way to store light 
like literally capture it. And he was talking about how you use basalt and a whole bunch of different other things. And so that is kind of a crazy idea, but why not present it? Why not try to make it happen? Like if you can store uh, electrical energy in a battery, why can't you store light or heat or something else or even kinetic energy in a single, like a a battery. So uh, they're crazy ideas, but make them happen anyway. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that that is a crazy idea when you think about it. So, um, well, Morgan, we're getting close to the end of our, our time. Um, you kind of already said this once, but I just want to come back around again and give you the last word. If you're talking to somebody out there who is interested in getting into entrepreneurship or they got an idea, they don't know where to go, what kind of advice would you have for them? I would say look for support groups around you. If there are none, start one. If you need some help with it, I will gladly help you for free because I love helping other people create ideas. It's awesome. Feels good. And I will find you the resources for free for however many hours. I don't care because it's awesome. And just keep chugging along. Present your idea to people, get some feedback and just keep chugging. That's, I think, the best thing that you can do. Absolutely. Well said. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, Morgan. Well, it's great talking with you, man. You're only 19. You got all you got the rest of rest of the world ahead of you, man. It's uh, it's awesome. Look forward to seeing some of the great things you do in the future. You've already had some great entrepreneurial success, and from ever up there in that area in Coeur d'Alene, Iowa, I will make sure we I come find you and, and look you guys up. Yeah, that'd be great. So thank you very much for having me. I did really I say appreciate Iowa it. Or did I say Idaho? You said Iowa, but that's okay. <laughs> Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I actually have a Marine Corps buddy of mine that lives up there in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So I know where I know exactly what we're talking about. But um, all right. Well, thanks again, and we look forward to your future success. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.